0: Hello and welcome to The Addicted Austenite, your one-stop podcast for all things Jane Austen. This week we are continuing our look at the novel Emma uh, by delving into the world of the Georgian governess. So, a quick description to kick us off. A governess was essentially the female version of a tutor. She lived with the family, she took care of any and all children until they were old enough not to need a governess or went off to boarding school. And... While they were under her charge, she would teach them reading, writing, maths, French, history, geography, music and art, and for young girls, needlework and deportment as well. So, governess is a very busy woman. And the first governess that we meet in Emma is Miss Taylor, who is... In the process of becoming Mrs. Weston when we meet her, she was the governess to Emma Woodhouse and her elder sister. And from this encounter with Miss Taylor, you wouldn't be blamed for thinking that being a governess was an easy, enjoyable job. Miss Taylor is a beloved member of the Woodhouse household, tried saying that 10 times faster um, she was paid a good salary and once her job is done she's able to waltz off into the sunset with a new family of her own a husband and a new baby but if all governessing experiences were that simple we wouldn't have an episode today um, Jane has another governess in Emma or rather, a soon to be governess in Miss Jane Fairfax. And the poor girl is absolutely terrified and, frankly, rather disgusted about the idea of becoming a governess. So, why the disparity between these two experiences? Well, unfortunately, it would seem that Miss Taylor's governessing experience wasn't the typical one and that Jane Fairfax had every reason to be worried about taking this position. You only have to look at the way Jane describes her decision to see that it wasn't the preferable option. She says... With the fortitude of a devoted novitiate, she had resolved at one and twenty to complete the sacrifice and retire from all the pleasures of life, of rational intercourse, equal society, peace and hope, to penance and mortification. It's a rather damning description there. It's framed to look like the worst thing that a girl could go through and from the research and the records that are available it would seem that that isn't an artistic overreaction. As it turns out Governesses occupied a strange limbo area in Georgian society because of the way that the class system worked and how it defined life in the Georgian era. Most governesses actually came from middle-class families and served middle-class families. These days, with... The way the class system works now, the difference between a working class family and a middle class family is more to do with how much money you actually earn and how far, how high up you are in your business. This wasn't so in the Georgian era. It was a bit simpler than that. The differences between these two classes was literally whether you had to work or if you didn't. So... By that definition, a governess, the poor girl, should go from being middle class to being working class once she starts working as a governess. But it didn't work that way, and these poor women were left in this kind of social, societal limbo. One record that we have describes it thusly. She is not a member of the family but occupies a sort of dubious position. She is neither the companion of the parents nor the friend of the children and is above all domestics. So clearly they weren't considered working class, but neither were they on the same level as the family that she served. Another source says, the real definition of a governess in the English sense is a being who is our equal in birth, manners and education, but our inferior in worldly wealth. And there it is. As ever, things come down to money a lady didn't particularly become a governess because of a love of teaching or a love of children. Becoming a governess was usually a last resort for a middle-class woman who had lost their financial security. Most of the time, it wasn't the governess's fault that her situation had changed, but she was unfortunately the one that was affected the most by it. And this means that it is totally possible for a young woman to find herself suddenly working for a family that she had once considered her equals, or even as slightly inferior to her. And this is a horrible potential for girls like Jane Fairfax. And sadly, it doesn't really get much better either. Governesses as a rule, weren't paid wages. Their payment was room and board with the family, that they had a roof over their head and that they had food. Sometimes they were given an allowance if their employers were particularly generous, but as you can imagine, it wasn't a lot of money. It was a pittance, basically, if they did get it. Not only does this mean that a governess had no financial independence during her employment but it also meant that she struggled to save for her future and her pension as it were and she was often left in a worse situation than she was in when she became a governess once she was too old to work that was it she had nothing left. I told you it didn't get any better, and we're not even finished. <laughs> not only is a governess left floating around in the class system with little to no money, she is also usually very alone in this confusing little social bubble. Being a governess was a very isolated position, As we heard earlier she wasn't on the same level as anybody in the household and she had very few friends because of her position within the family. Quite often in a Mary Poppins kind of way it is possible that the kids would really come to love their governess and generally they got on with her but as much as they were friends with the children they taught, that is nothing like having a friends of your own age and your own interests. And the relationship a governess had with these children was usually quite a fickle one, because they would grow up and they would grow out of the need of a governess, and any attachment that she had to them was taken away when she moved on to a new family. So almost in a way, it's kind of better not to get on with the children because it will hurt less when you have to leave them and she couldn't expect friendship from the parents either particularly it has to be said with the mother of the family a governess was often on very thin ice Um, this isn't necessarily the governess's fault but the thinking kind of makes sense must be very difficult for a mother to have another woman come into her house and develop a relationship with her children which often was at the detriment to the mother's own relationship with her children because they spent all their time with their governess and none with their mother and it isn't an unreasonable reaction very often a Mother wasn't consulted on whether or not their children needed a governess. She might have wanted to teach them, but her husband, for show, wanted to have a governess to show that she they were rich enough. Um, it Again, all about money, all about appearances. But as much as a mother might resent a governess in the house, it's not really fair to take it out on said governess, you know. The poor girl, she gets stuck in the middle of matrimonial politics, so no friends on either side there. And even worse, she wouldn't be able to complain about these situations to other members of the staff, because a governess came from a middle-class background, even though she had been humbled into having to work she was considered above the rest of the staff and she was expected to treat them accordingly. So if you had a very strict employer, you just could not make friends with any members of the staff. So a governess, very isolated within the household. But what about outside of it? Well, it's... Not much better, I'm afraid. Jeez, this is just getting depressing, isn't it? My goodness, we'll have to do something really fun next week. (laughs) Uh, Anyway, back to the governess's eternal misery. Um, Her friendships outside of the household were minimal. She didn't get a lot of free time to begin with, um, but also... Her employers could have very strict rules about who she, who she socialised with outside of the home because she represented the family whenever she was outside. It's... Like when you're in school and they tell you not to do bad things with your uniform on because you're representing the school at that point. Um, So the family wanted to make sure that she wasn't socialising with people that would be bad for the family's reputation. Idle gossip really was the currency in Georgian society. And the final nail in the coffin really felt a governess's social life. Unlike... Emma's Miss Taylor, a a governess, couldn't expect to get married. Um, Employers could even fire a governess for marrying um, because they expected that their family would come before a governess's own family. They were kind enough, in inverted commas, to house her and feed her, So she had to give all of her attention to the family's children. Um, Nobody wanted to have to look for another governess because the current one was so inconsiderate as to want her own family and to get pregnant. So a governess really just didn't have any kind of social life. So from this evidence... The life of a governess was not the easiest, and it is perfectly understandable that Jane Fairfax is not amused by the idea of having to become a governess. There is, there's no doubt, none whatsoever, that there were women in the Georgian era that loved being a governess, that really got on with their families, they were treated very well, um... They were paid well, like Miss Taylor. But it would seem that, on average, being a governess was a difficult job, physically, socially and emotionally. Thank God Frank Churchill's aunt died. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of The Addicted Austenite. I hope you've enjoyed it. If you did, please like, subscribe, and send me some comments. I'm on Twitter at Kath Price Author, on Facebook as The Addicted Austenite, and our website is the Addicted Austinite blog. WordPress.com So I will see you next week for a new episode, and in the meantime, happy reading, your faithful servant, the author.